Guys, episode 101, 101 of Griff's Brain Dump is me, Griff, obviously, and um, I'm just currently looking at Twitter at the moment. It's hilarious how Conor McGregor and Chris Brown are trending because of the old firm derby happening between Rangers and Celtic. <laughs> Alan McGregor and Scott Brown, who play for uh, Rangers and Celtic, they, they are causing these guys to trend for no reason. <laughs> But then, because of that, because of Twitter's algorithms, it's drawn my attention to Chris Brown has been uh, arrested. Again, what do you do? He's charged with monkey-related misdemeanors. What? Why did he have sex with a monkey? Did he punch a monkey? Did he fuck a monkey? What happened? No, you, you can't just lead with a headline like that. Chris Brown charged with monkey-related misdemeanors. Basically, he has a capuchin monkey. Well, he had one without a, without a license, without a permit. Hey, sir, do you have a permit for that? Do you have a permit? Do you have a warrant for that? Hey, sir, do you have a permit for the capuchin monkey? Yeah, yeah, I haven't got it on me right now. Um, yeah, so he he's caught with he's caught with a monkey again. The way how he would scandals, it makes me feel like you know he was in a car driving at two in the morning. You know why I stopped you, sir? Uh, no. What's that in the pasture seat? Just, 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 just my monkey. Were you, were you, were you performing sexual acts with that monkey, sir? No. <laughs> but no, I'm no sexual acts that I know of. I've been alleged between Chris Brown and this monkey. But um, yeah, man. He is. It's theirs. I feel sorry for him though, because this is a monkey-related crime. But because it's a crime, they then bring up the Rihanna thing straight away. Um, tw- 2009, so almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. So I don't know if there's a statute of limitations or when you can keep on bringing something up. But I, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. But we don't all punch girlfriends. In the face. So I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Not judging. <laughs> Just saying. But um, what is what has happened this week in in the news or in my life? Christmas. Christmas happened this week. Merry Christmas. Uh, how was your Christmas, people? Mine was good. Um, spent it. At home, at first, uh, Naomi and I, we were really immature, like unsupervised children. We stayed up Christmas Eve, up until midnight, and then ripped open all of our presents before half twelve. So we woke up to no presents uh, to open. Uh, <laughs> then, then I went to my mum, she went to her grandmother's, and I, yeah, I just chilled, chilled at home. Had nothing to really bring with me. I... So I kind of panicked, bought alcohol and desserts and Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher got eaten and alcohol barely got touched because I decided to go adventurous. All right, strawberry and cream Baileys. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not promoting it. It was okay, but nah. Nah. Then, <laughs> yeah, there was that month, just a copious amount of food, man. There were seven of us there. We had enough food to probably feed about 14, 15 people. 
Then we took some of that food down to London for to my aunties, where you know all the sisters, uh, and I mean actual sisters, not not just black women. That they they are black women. They're just related. They have the same mum and dad. So the sisters, <laughs> and, um, sisters and brothers. Um, to ask my mum's siblings, we all, all met up and their kids and grandkids, and yeah, we had a bigger family get together. And that was cool. Again, copious amounts of food. I have food from my mum's and food from my auntie's still in my fridge. And I just ate some chicken and some pasta from Boxing Day. And can't lie, I don't feel ill, but I'm sure my stomach doesn't feel sure that is not going to be ill. <laughs> but I started eating the pasta, I was like, um. I mean, it doesn't taste bad, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I'm not sure if I've made myself brutally ill the day before I'm flying um, away. Where are you going, Darren? I'm just asking. Uh, I'm going Venice. I'm going Venice uh, with my fiance and my mate Nathan and his fiance. Yeah, that's right. We're both two engaged couples going on holiday together. It'll be lovely. Neither of us were engaged when the holiday was booked. And a uh, fun story. So, the day I went to get the ring, um, Nathan was asking me, hey, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? You know, you know you're trying to do something secret. So you're not telling people what you do. I'm just shopping. Oh, what are you getting, mate? So, mate. Let's get out of my business with friends, but you don't need to know what I'm buying. Get out of my face. So I didn't tell him. Uh, found a ring. That's it. Then I went to meet him. So Lucy's hanging out with uh, Naomi. That's his uh, fiance. Nathan. And I went to hang out with Nathan. Anyway. So hanging out with Nathan late that day. We're having a drink. And he goes, oh, man. Do you know um, do you know what I was thinking of doing today? I was like, what's that, mate? I was thinking of getting... Getting a ring. In my face, I was like, ah, I see. Now I feel like a dick for not telling you what I was doing because you could have come with me. So, but yeah, I had to tell him. I said, okay, hey, uh, yeah, that's what I was doing today, actually. He's like, no way. So, like, yeah, so he's like, ah, shit. I better get a move on then because it would have been mad awkward on this trip. Um, I think they've been together for a bit longer. He was considered, obviously he saw he was considering it independently of what I did. But he was just like, yeah, I need to get that ring now. Otherwise, she'll just be staring at the sides of my head. <laughs> the fact that nobody sat across the table with a ring on her finger and she's not. And, you know, and at the end of the day, we, we can act like we're not competitive, but we are. Literally all my mates who are unmarried and with a girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, have gone, oh, congrats, mate. But fuck, pressure's on now. Like, what, for me? It's like, no, 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 for me. <laughs> but no, it's all good. So, yes, yeah, so I'm going to Venice. So I've never been to Venice. been to Italy before. I've been to Milan, but never to Venezia. So it should be good. should be good if I'm not ill. And I'm not... The irony, if I'm ill from eating pasta before I go to Italy. But do what? How ridiculous I am. I'm, we're going to the South Terminal of Gatwick. And <laughs> guess what's in the South Terminal of Gatwick, people? 
Nando's. That's not special. What is special? In the morning, Nando's in an airport has Nando's breakfast. Oosh! It's not that I haven't eaten before. It's it's basically like muffins, English muffins, a little bit of peri peri chicken. Hey, not too hot because it's breakfast. Egg, avocado, oh, a little bit of paranise. Have a paranise on your breakfast, fella. Oi, oi, Gary, I've got paranise. Remember Nando's breakfast. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow morning. Um, I don't use the Instagram things, but I think I will be Instagramming my food um, if I get that Nando's breakfast. So I, I want that. So I've been looking forward to. In more, maybe a little bit more than the actual holiday itself. It's it's the Nando's breakfast. It's just. I mean, last time I had it was 2014. <laughs> I don't know exactly when I had it. Um, it's just, it's great, guys. If you get a chance to fly from the South Terminal and Gatwick, because the North Terminal and Gatwick is shit. Don't go. But get a chance. Go South Terminal, Gatwick. Get yourself a Nando's breakfast. Yeah? Pick yourself up a free newspaper to sit on the plane. Have a good time. But, um... You know what else has happened this this week this week in the world? What's really happened in the world too much? I don't think any big news stories. Just read up on some things, things I've been watching on TV. Have you seen Bird Box, everyone? Bird Box, Bird Box, Netflix, Bird Box, new thing. Bird Box, Bird Box, Bird Box. Look at your, look at your Facebook. It says Bird Box. I just watch Bird Box. Who's watching Bird Box? Memes, Bird Box, Bird Box, everything, Bird Box, Instagram. Bird Box, Twitter, Bird Box, meme, 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 Bird Box, status, meme, meme, status, hashtag, status, meme, Bird Box, Bird Box, Bird Box, oh, look, I'm so cool, I haven't seen Bird Box, Bird Box, meme, I haven't seen it, meme about me not seeing it, so you haven't seen it, but I know that it's on, Bird Box, Bird Box, meme, right, here's the point I'm trying to make, <laughs> that isn't it fucking wild, how quickly something can trend, like, like that. Bird Box is just everywhere. I watched it without knowing it was, you know, the thing at Christmas. I watched it. Thought, cool. And then, probably two days after watching it, I just see all memes and commentary and review points. And I was like, shit. <laughs> Didn't realise. Um, felt like everyone fucking watched this film. And do you know what? The film was all right. So I'm not going to try and break down the film because uh, I just don't want to. What I want to break down is just how easy is it for us as society to be distracted by something? How quickly something becomes the zeitgeist? Just bam! Bird balls. Nowhere. Now it's Bandersnatch, Black Mirror. That's trending. But then how much is something trending? Does that really mean that it's... It's on everyone's consciousness because there's a lot of people, still not a lot of people on social media. You know, we kind of get kind of deluded, a warped perception of what's popular and what's reality and what's not, you know, and you know, and what's current and what's not. Like the Chris Rock, Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, and Ricky Gervais video that I watched that documentary, that video three years ago, four years ago when it first came out. Um, 
I just watched the documentary. I'm, I was, ooh, actually, was it that far? It was near the start of my comedy career. I remember watching it. It's like these four great comedians. I just watched it for, huh, that's it. Comedy. Oh, Louis C.K. said the N-word. Yeah, well, I've seen him say it on stage. You know? So, oh, Chris Rock. So a lot of people go at Chris Rock for letting Louis C.K. say the N-word. I'm like, oh, well, did he? Did he, did he let him? Like, what, what can he actually do? He can, he can tell him off. But then what? It's already been said. Um, nope. Like someone saying the N-word in front of me, it, one, depends on context, and two, just depends, depends on my mood. You know, I can take the professor, professorial approach and be like, um, you know, why did you feel the need to use that word? Hmm? Let's, let's sit down. Sit down with Dr. Griffiths. Sit down. Take a seat on the couch. Tell me. Why do you use the N-word? Sometimes I might take the irrational militant approach and start cussing someone for using it. But often not, I'm just more shell-shocked. <laughs> That's how I say that, like, eh? All right. Um, but it's an offensive word. I don't feel any ownership over that word. So that's definitely not one of those things. I don't feel like I should tell white people not to say it. Um, if ever I feel just uncomfortable with anyone saying it, unless it's of uh, just like uh, a narrative nature to retell the story and it's said. Um, but yeah, what was Chris Rock really meant to do? Hey, Louis, don't say that. Um, well, I can't say it all the time. That if I was in that position, what would I genuinely have done? I don't... I think around people already know, or I know you say it. My thing is to not be around them if they refuse to stop saying it. So, he's clearly okay with him saying it. So, what, what, why should he now stop him? And it's just, and it is strange though how uh, you have everyone say, you know, you said that white guy saying it. Louis C.K. said it. Rick Gervais said it. I think Rick Gervais said it in a way that it was like he was just saying it. As in, not as in, uh, Louis C.K. tried to make a joke of the word, whereas Rick Gervais just said it. As in, you can't say that word. And for me, we're fucking adults. Like, just say the N word because. If you're going to say it, I mean, I, I know I'm just contradicting myself by not saying it myself, but <laughs> but it's fun saying the N-word as in quotation mark, N-word, end quotation mark, because it makes you say the actual word in your head each time I say the N-word. See, it's funny, I don't have to say it. The F-word, we all know what the F-word is, but now you've had to say it in your head. Now it's in your head. I, I haven't sworn, but now it's soiled your brain. The C word. What C word? C-U-N-T? I'll just spell it out. I haven't said it. but Now you've said it in your head. Just planted it in your head. But it's funny how, yeah, both Louis C.K. and Rich Vey said it, but it's Chris Rock getting the heat. The one black guy on the panel. (laughs) But no. But, um... I said, yeah, the original point I was making was that video is so old. And originally, it it went under the radar. Comedy fans watched it because it was four comedians talking about comedy. And then three years later, someone's found it, found the clip, 
and because I guess it's got no padding. I'm not saying that they built up to that moment, but if you've got an hour show and then that's used once or twice, it's like, okay. You kind of go, eh, didn't like that bit, but the bigger picture of the show, yeah, cool. It's an interesting program to watch. But if you cut it down to that a minute, then it's pretty intense. It's like an espresso shot of racism. <laughs> hey, excuse me. Looking for, looking for James, James, double espresso, double shot of racism, James. Yeah, at the end of Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't water it down at all. Little espresso shot in that minute clip. Three years too late as well. So I'll, I can't say that people should be outraged at the moment if they didn't see it. But it's, oh, it's kind of kind of strange, you know. Getting angry about something that happened three years ago. I'm not saying that you should forget about stuff. Um, I'm not saying that. But it's like, what, this is popular now? Okay. It's, I mean, it's been out for a while. Like You had a, you had a bit of time. It's, there you go. It's different if people's views on the topic have changed. And now... And now they're like, oh, even then, is that right? Right, let's let's explore this. Well, let me break this down in my head. Well, not in my head. I'll say it out loud. Otherwise, that'd be a shit podcast. So, if something happens five years ago and the world's views have changed, so now they're looking back at it with a new lens, is that more justified at being outraged at that than if your views have stayed the same from five years ago, but you just didn't know... That thing happened five years ago. I don't know. I mean, a lot's changed. Like, although I'm black and racism's kind of my thing, uh, Louis's kind of done a bit more since then, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh dear. It's, I mean, he's there wanking up uh, in front of people. He goes, and he uses the N-word. Okay, all right, mate. But th- that's that's not important right now. Like, he's... We're talking about him. Him, uh, he's, he's out here wanking. But I guess flip side could be the same. You know? We're talking about him using the N-word. And someone goes, what about women? It's like, not, not right. Not right now. Yeah. We're talking about his race. His racism. But my thing with Lucy Cut, I guess I'm a, a bit biased because I'm a comedy fan and I've seen his comedy and he tackles race head on in a smart way that would, even if he's racist, <laughs> his jokes are not racist, even if he uses the N-word. Um, I think someone just likes the shock, isn't it? He's the man... He, we created the kind of comedy narrative of I hate my kids, you know. So, yeah, but I'm not going to defend his uh, use of the N-word. not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to okay it. Um, if I was there, I probably... Actually, if I was there as I am now, who I am me, uh, no, I wouldn't say anything because these guys are just bigger than me. So, <laughs> it's, just the, it's the truth. Right, um... But yeah, talking about stuff that's uh, popular, just finished watching Bandersnatch this morning. So this morning, I felt like I was watching it for 10 fucking hours. The show does not end. The film doesn't end, but I suggest everyone, if you've got Netflix, go 
watch Bandersnatch. I feel sorry for any of you that are trying to go and you know, you can try and get it under uh, on the sly. You know, get your kind of bandoodoo version of Netflix, of Netflix, of uh, of Bandersnatch because it won't work. You have to have your Netflix. And if you don't know, it's an interactive film. You choose the outcomes. Like the book Bandersnatch, it's one of those multi-reality things. No, like you get. So okay, without spoiling it, the first choice you're given, you're watching the show, you're watching the film, and then the main character is at breakfast with his dad. And he goes, "What do you want? Cereals or sugar puffs? Oh, so uh, Frosties or sugar puffs?" And then the the, the film. Like, just starts this, like, kind of warping and countdown. You've got two options at the bottom of the screen. You have to pick one. I picked Frosties. I don't know if that changed the whole film. I don't know if they're trying to give you the kind of, you know, uh, ineffective choices just to get you in the mode of you've got to watch the film and make choices. So I picked Frosties. And then I had to pick the song I was listening to uh, in, my, in my Walkman in the film. Then it gets deeper. You get down the rabbit hole and it gets deeper and deeper and ah, oh, it's just it was good it's, it is good how they've done it it's uh what's the word revolutionary innovative five stars superb four stars masterpiece creative genius four stars so yeah it was um it's good i enjoyed it but again that's been all over my social media bandersnatch so yeah, man. A band of snatch also sounds like the way you describe a woman that has a soul-stealing pussy. <laughs> no, a real mad eater. Like imagine, imagine like Erica Badu has a band of snatch. <laughs> oh, oh dear. dear well, that's funny. Well done, Darren. But, <laughs> but yeah, what else? What else has happened in the news in the world? Well, actually, I guess it's big news. You want to talk about gender pay gap? Wish there was um, a lady on the podcast to talk gender pay gap with, because I think it exists somewhat. Like all pay gaps, they exist. The the numbers there, they show they exist. But then, what variables are there in place? So I saw there was a ethnicity pay gap as well. I didn't read into it, and um, but I think there are similarities in gender pay gap and the ethnicity, ethnicity pay gap. And I imagine there'll be a, a class pay gap as well, uh, disability pay gap. I mean, all these things will have a pay gap for the reason of not. I think it's it's done around the wrong way. People say it's because of white male cisgender heterosexual middle class privilege is a kinda but they're not just giving Tarquin the job because he's Tarquin it starts with education he's got better education he gets in at position but in him against someone else of a different ethnicity a different gender same position Tarquin will excel because he's entitled part of being privileged is feeling entitled and he, when he sees that internal promotion become available, he'll see 10 competencies and he'll go, well, you know, I have six of them, so why not? Raw. You know? 
Where's that? Priya, Sade, Shaniqua, Jerome, Julian. Um, that's that was that was that's just still just it's still um it's still an affirmative name to me. It's stupid, isn't it? Names that are affirmative. I mean, there's men called Shirley. And the joke thing is, I actually like the name Julian. <laughs> but it's just like... I think because the first gay person I saw on TV was like Julian Clary. So in my head, it's always a gay name. Is that true? Julian, uh, Dale, Dale Winton. Who else? Who else do I know? Yeah, those only like openly gay people I watched on TV growing up. Well, yeah. So I think I think I might think the name Dale was kind of gay. Obviously, a name can't be gay. All right. This is what this podcast is: is me talking out my subconscious, and then it helps me actually become a better person. So it's about. Do you know what a raging homophobe I used to be when I was like in my teens? Everything was gay. Something didn't work. Gay. Something didn't like. Gay. You know, that's what it was when you're a teenager. Just chuck out that word. And then, you, then you know, I got to uni because I was comparing myself to like Jamaicans. Like my actual family was so like, I'm not homophobic. I'm super liberal. Until I actually met gay people. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, it's actually gay people. Oh my God. I don't know what I was scared of, but I was like, oh my God. I feel uncomfortable. And then, did the sexualities module at uni. Discussed all different sexualities, you know, homosexual, heterosexual, transsexuals, bisexuals, hermaphrodites. Then we talked about genitals and different nicknames and where those nicknames come from. The aggression towards certain genitals and versus others. And the way we describe sex. He fucked her. Very rarely she fucked him. He fucked her. Or she was fucked by him. She got fucked. So you know that kind of active, passive relationship between men and women? Said, explored all of that. Did all that as a module. And then it was... He just did this kind of empathy kind of... Uh, empathy kind of exercises. That I know some people are like, See, they're trying to brainwash you there to make you gay. They're trying to make everyone gay. So I, I don't think that's how it works. I, don't, <laughs> I think... I think there, there is more gay representation on TV now. Is it disproportionate to the population? Maybe. But then I'd argue that there's a disproportionate amount of black people on TV to the population in the UK as well. But here's my thing. Does that make people then want to be gay? No. What I think it does do is make those who are gay feel like it's okay to be gay. Or to be themselves. And for me, personally, I don't have any objection to that. All right. So now I've proved I'm not a homophobe. <laughs> Let's get to this uh, thing I was talking about. Yeah, the pay gap. So I think what happens is, uh, yeah, Tarquin, he only has like six out of ten competencies. He's like, fuck it, I'll go for it. Whereas all these other kind of people... Um, you know, who are failing or lower down in the gaps, they'll have eight competencies. But go, oh, but I don't have those other two. Ah, I'm not going for it. So when it comes to interview stage, 
all the interviews have is just white, middle-class males. That's what you have. When I was interviewing for a job, like I was actually on the other side of the table. I was interviewing uh, candidates. Out of the six people that came through the door, be fair, three were white men, two were Asian men, uh, one was a white woman over the phone. And I think that's quite mixed, to be fair. It was quite mixed. So that probably didn't really uh, match. You know, the point I'm making. But, who's to say that there wasn't actually more qualified people out there? You know, more qualified women? More qualified... BAME! Can't say that term. BAME! Um, candidates. Who knows? Who knows? But, that's I think that's part of the issue. Anyway, um, but one of the gender pay gap stories that blew up over Christmas was uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is paid $13 million more then co-star Emily Blunt for Disney Jungle Cruise, Dis- Disney's Jungle Cruise, despite both taking on lead roles. Uh, the actor, 46, is said to uh, said to be receiving $22 million to portray the lead male character, Frank, while Emily, 35, is getting $9 million to take on the role, Lily. Uh, the pay disparity between the two stars means that The Rock will receive more than double the fee the Mary Poppins Returns actress, We'll take home. It's believed his pay packet for Jungle Cruise matches what he's set to be paid to start in the 2020 film Red Notice. The star earned $124 million in 2018, according to Forbes, making him the second highest paid actor in the world. Emily is a Golden Globe, a critic's choice, and BAFTA winning actress <laughs> who is tipped for success in 2019 awards season for a role in Mary Poppins. Now... I was ready to come at this with full gusto that The Rock is the bigger star. And that's why he's paid more. And he probably, and I do what I'm sticking to with that, The Rock is the bigger star. Because I would not be able to point out who Emily Blunt is in the lineup. I generally wouldn't. I've just looked at a picture of her and I've just forgotten who, what she looks like. Wouldn't know who she was. Whereas The Rock, like if you smell, like. She may have a Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, a BAFTA, and BAFTA as well, yeah? But does she have a WWE Championship belt? No. Has she won like a Hell in a Cell? No. A Royal Rumble? No. Does she have People's Elbow? Rock Bottom? No. Jeez, come on now. Once she does a People's Elbow, then she'll get paid what she deserves. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously though, she is talented, right? Kind of mad that she doesn't get paid the same. Um, I wonder what the explanation is for that. It's got to be he's the bigger pull. Because the beef, I don't know anyone who's going to watch a film because Emily Blunt's in it. But people go to watch a film because The Rock is in it. So maybe he should be paid more. Yeah? I mean, maybe she should be paid more. That Because I, I see what they're trying to do. It's a man, it's a woman, they're both lead roles. Cool. But I think acting is a bit more bespoke. You know, it's not like one's an accountant, the other one's an accountant, and they've been at the firm for three years. They should be paid the same. You know, it's not It's not that, is it? It's one's an accountant, the other one's an accountant, but this accountant brings in new work. 
into the firm. And this accountant also sells units. You know, so it's just like, there is a difference. Should she get paid the same? I don't know. I don't know, but again, I'm looking at pictures of her and I keep forgetting who she is. It's time. Ah, see The Rock, his accolades. You ready? Teen Choice Award, a Kids' Choice Award and numerous People's Choice Awards. If it's got the word choice in the title, he's won it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aside from his iconic roles as Luke Hobbs in the Fast and Furious franchise, the actor has starred in numerous other successful films such as Get Smart, Jumanji, Central Intelligence, and voiced Mui in Disney's Moana. Right, so, you know, he's killed it. You know, what film, what film has she been in? I mean, she did star opposite Dame Judi Dench in The Royal Family. Uh, her resume speaks for itself, starring roles in The Devil Wears Prada, Into the Woods, Sicario, Edge of Tomorrow, and the horror film A Quiet Place, to name but a few. Look, she deserves to be paid, right? And to be fair, she did get $9 million. So... I think mean, that's my thing, actually. If someone's getting paid more than me, I'm pissed off. But if I'm getting paid a nice amount, then you may have bought my silence. <laughs> that's just true. It's true. Someone gave me nine million, and then my co-star was getting what? Is he getting like twenty odd? I'm like, ah, I mean, I got nine million. Who knows? Like they're saying that. Um, yeah, Dwayne Johnson will be in a film called Red Notice with Gal Gadot. Will their salaries match? Who knows? Who knows? But again, I only know as Wonder Woman. She isn't a The Rock. So yeah, I don't think she should be paid the same. If you bring the same, you should be paid the same. But then it's hard to measure who brings, who brings, uh, who brings more people through the door. But I'd say if you guys can. If you guys can honestly say to yourself, you know who Emily Blunt is. If you can, then I'll hold my hands up. But I can't. I actually can't. Um, what else has happened this week? I don't think anything else has happened this week. So shall I get on to Dear Deirdre? Don't have this over running. And I can get on with running. Evans in the house. In the house. Right. Did I find that garlic was man-made today? It's too complicated for me to read. Uh, I just I saw it. I thought, do what? Fuck this witchcraft. I ain't, I ain't reading any more of this shit. It's like you think your food's healthy. Here's vegetables that are man-made, and I was like, piss off. But yeah, there's it. Six man-made things you thought were totally natural. Here they go. Number six, the entire Amazon basin. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't even read this properly. Number five, most fruits and vegetables. Number four, Yellowstone National Parks, Morning Glory, Hot Spring. Number three, so very many earthquakes. 
Number two, basically all of our domestic animals. And number one. Oh God, not spiders too. Hey? Spiders are man-made? See, I've done this fact as well. that You know this one of those facts that we just accepted? That humans accidentally... Uh, wait. That, yeah, humans eat eight uh, spiders a year while sleeping. I don't think that's true. No, it's on average. So really on average, I've eaten none and you've eaten 16. So shut your face. Not me. Yeah. Dude, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting, man. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on Dear Deirdre rather than me looking at oversized chickens and cows. <laughs> Wait, where are we? Dear, dear. That's how you spell dear. Dear. Let's see. Um... While, while this loads, just give a little insight into my wedding planning. We are determined to get this wedding planned, to get it done before the end of next year, 2019. And it's just hilarious how things are priced, you know. This be this much per head? Okay, brilliant. Excluding VAT. Why are you excluding VAT? Like, I can reclaim it. Do companies get married? No. I'm a human. I'm the end consumer. So, What? What are you playing at? Anyway, Nate's ringing me, but I can't pick up because I'm doing the podcast. Anyway, um, dear Deirdre, sex with my boyfriend was mind-blowing, and I thought he fancied me, but he's just been using me. Wow. Sex with my boyfriend was mind-blowing, and he seemed totally into me. I thought I had found the man of my dreams, but it turned out I was so wrong. I met him eight months ago at work. He's based on a different floor and we got talking in the lift. I'm 24 and he's been single and, and, and had been single for 18 months. He's 29. He told me he was separated from his wife and insisted that while they still lived in the same house, they had not had sex for over a year. We started seeing each other. I had a very abusive childhood to find it hard to trust. But soon I was head over heels in love with him and he said he wanted to be with me. He was like no other man I'd ever met. Our sex life was the best I've ever had by a long way. Then he started becoming distant. He well, he's, he's, he was cheating on his wife with you. He never separated his wife. That's my guess. He began making excuses, not seeing me and lying about what he was doing. He told me he was walking his seven-year-old daughter to visit his parents to live abroad. But I later found out from a colleague that his wife went with them. I now realise they are still having sex. He felt ill at work one day and said he thought he was going to have a bug. I wanted to look after him, but he said he needed a bath and an early night. I tried phoning several times that evening, but he did not reply. Back at work the next day, he said he had fallen asleep. He told me how special I was and that he was incredibly lucky to be with me. The next week, he finished with me. Um, He said he had never had feelings for me and had only been using me for sex. Then he walked out and didn't look back. Raw. Bruv, like, sugarcoat me a little bit. What happened? Your pussy's trash. Now you leave.
just puts his head down, just carries on typing away at his laptop. Are you still here? And you're getting the fat. And your breath smells. And you have shit hair. And I hate your eyes. Yes, your eyes. And your laugh is disgusting. Okay, now please leave my office. I've done using you for sex. So, whoa, dude. At that moment, just lie a little bit, you know? Anyway, a friend has told me that um, that he went into town with his mates on the night he claimed he had fallen asleep. For a bet, he asked a woman for sex without even knowing her name, and she was up for it. Wow, okay. He said he wants to stay friends, but any feelings I have for him are dead. I'm over him, but not the guy I thought he was, the guy I fell in love with. I know I need to move on, but I can't get him out of my head. Well, that guy you fell in love with isn't real, eh? You go try and move on. Whoa, that is a story. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. I had sex with my cousin, and though we haven't spoken about it, it has changed things between us. Ready for this, people? We have always been close. My mum minded him for years while his mum was working. So we are like... We are more like... Are you ready for this? Let me start again. We have always been close. My mum minded him for years while his mum was working. So we are more like brothers than cousins. I'm 20 and single. He's 26 and divorced. This is sensational storylines. Um, he recently had a flat woman party and I was invited. We had a lot to drink, so I stayed the night. The, f- the flat only has one bedroom, so we shared his bed. Yeah, you cousins. Hey, and one of you is married, so I don't think one of you is even gay at this moment, right? Uh, before I realised what was happening, we were making out and giving each other oral sex. Rotted. Well, that, that accelerated. Hey, cuz, what, you want to play FIFA? Yeah, all right. The next one, no, we were just giving each other oral sex. Just like, no, 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 that isn't the next thing I know. Uh, I didn't even know how it started. I've always fancied girls. Whoa. And I've never wanted to have sex with another man, let alone a family member. He has had several girlfriends, has never shown any sexual interest in men before either. This is from fucking left field. Two on the surface straight men. Just going at it. Wow. Women are jealous of female friends that men have. When, for you know, flipping lad 69 session might just kick off at any moment. Anyway, he has not mentioned it since. He has gone back to being as brotherly as we have always been, as if nothing happened. But I do not know how to go back to that. We chat like normal, but I don't feel at ease. I don't know whether he has always wanted me sexually or whether it was just a mistake we both made. I mean, mistakes is like losing your key. You know? Forgetting to set record on your box and you you miss your program. That's a mistake. You know? You're spelling my name with an E in it. It's a mistake. It's it's, it's A-N. But, yeah, it's, it's a mistake. You don't just casually... You know, mistakenly, accidentally, yeah, suck off your cousin. 
when you're not even gay. I mean, I don't know, just me. Maybe just me. I I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um. Right. There you go. Next one. Last one. Dear Deidre, uh, while I like a tidy, organised space, my partner likes to hang on to things which I find irritating. I work hard to keep the home neat and he has a whole box of sentimental things like all the 21st birthday cards he received and his and his last birthday card from his grandfather. All right, you cow. Can you not have that? It's in the box. Jeez, I'm team him already. I already entered this bias because I'm the, I'm the messy one out in my relationship. Um, he also collects coasters from every country we visit, which annoys me. I used to do that. Women don't let you continue shit like that. Every ex-girlfriend has stopped me collecting something. One of them, it was coasters. Stop that. Another one, each country, new country, went to, always went to McDonald's in that country. Don't know why, it just felt like something to do. Was on holiday. One ex-girlfriend, no, we're not going. What? We've gone all the way to here. We're not going to McDonald's. I was like, fuck's sake. I want pint glasses. You just collect pint glasses. All the had cool, ornate ones that you get from different places. When I say collect, steal. But <laughs> then X put a stop to that. So now I just don't collect things. No, I don't. Don't collect anything now. And yeah. That's what they'll do to you. Any stream of joy you get from somewhere other than them, they will shut it down. Okay, they are joy dictators. That's that's what they are. All right, fucking women. No, I'm just... <laughs> anyway, um, he also collects coasters from every country you visit, which annoys me. I see this pattern in his family, and I said that it. I accept that it is because he is more sentimental than I am. My, but my motto is that if I don't use it, I don't keep it. We are both 32. And I know it is a small problem in the grand scheme of things, but it's, it is stressful. How can I get uh, get over to him that he cannot keep things forever? See, I love that. There's no possible idea that you could just get over him keeping things. All right. How about that? How about you get over it? Now, here's the compromise. You just let him have a room. I don't know where you lot live. Let him keep it in the box for now. Because it doesn't have to be out on display, his collection. You keep it in the box. When you lot move somewhere bigger, it's his room. He has his man cave. He has all his coasters on the wall. He has all of his birthday cards. All that stuff he wants to keep, that's in his man cave. Don't go in there and start trying to tidy shit up. It's his space. You've got the whole rest of the fucking house. Just don't go into his man cave. Leave his shit alone. Don't go, ah, I was washing up and I could only find five of the plates. So I assumed the sixth one is in your man cave. So when I went in there, I saw it's a stain. So I started tidying it up. No. Stay out. Don't go, oh, he's been in there for ages and I always hear him laughing. Let me see what's going on in there. No. You said you don't want to see his shitty collections. Let him keep his shitty collections out of sight. Leave it alone. But something tells you, you won't be able to. I know. I know. What? Anyway. So I think that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'll be in Venice. And then I'll be back. 
the new year 2019 new year new me and i will uh yeah then i think all, all new gigs are up on the website as well on darrengriffiths.com forward slash comedy uh, you know, free gigs paid gigs um cool interesting gigs coming up in early january will be i guess um comedy on on the thursday the 10th that'll be fun some really good names on that lineup um it's a really fun comedians that i haven't seen for ages or some i haven't even seen before but some award-winning comedians on that lineup so go let see that i'll be hosting that night so you get a good dose of me for the night and on the 13th saturday 13th comedy brunch at camden so yeah so uh, comedy on this is short it's comedy brunch camden it's me there junior booker uh, Fumbi on Mateo, uh, Maureen Younger, and all hosted by Ori Steiner. So, get your tickets for that. Unlimited wings, unlimited cocktail, rum punch, I think. So, there's lots of unlimiteds going on. I think the early bird tickets are gone, so you got to pay a whopping £30. £30 for unlimited stuff. So, hey, get involved in that, innit? All right, get involved in that. Okay, that is the end of the podcast. Uh, Big Griff. Ha- Happy New Year. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, 2018. I hope your 2019 uh, is great. It's not just a continuation of the stuff that's gone on in 2018 if it's been bad. And yeah, season's greetings and all that and whatever good stuff people say. All right, that's it. I've, I've just ran out. I've just rambling. I just know need. Let's just cut the podcast off. Oh,